Have you ever sat through a Release Society lesson? Heard an inspirational story about a woman who was born decades or even centuries before you? Then wondered how in the world could her life possibly be relevant to yours? Well, that's what this podcast is all about. You'll hear parts of some prominent talks given by women throughout the history of the church. Hopefully, along the way, you'll be able to see how their experiences can apply to you. Welcome to the Latter-day Saint Women Podcast. I'm your host, Shaylin Back, and today we have two very special guests. We have Steve Harper with us, and he is a professor of church history and doctrine at Brigham Young University. So, Steve, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. And we have Katie Perez joining us again today. Hi, Katie. Hi. Katie is a stay-at-home mom of two, and Katie's here joining us today uh, to represent the audience, questions that, that we might have and just insights that she has to share from her life. And so the talk that we're going to be discussing today is called The Value of Faith, and it's by Amy Brown Lyman. And this talk is included in At the Pulpit, which is a compilation of talks and discourses given by women throughout the history of the restoration of the church. And I found it interesting because I think faith is a topic that we hear about always, and we will for the rest of our lives. And so let's talk about Amy Brown Lyman and maybe why this talk is important for us to to know today. So what do we know about her? Well, that's a great question. She is um, little known by Latter-day Saints, generally speaking, but she's becoming better known uh, because of the work of some really terrific historians, most notably Dave Hall, who wrote a terrific biography of her recently. And then together with things like At the Pulpit, where her words, her ministry is becoming more accessible, uh, many of us are starting to learn more about her. She lived in a most fascinating window of time. She was born in the 1870s to early Mormon pioneers. Her father came with the very first pioneer company. Oh, wow. And she grew up in pioneer Utah, very primitive. But she lived well into the 1950s. So she lives during a fascinating time of progress. And that's probably the right word to characterize her life. She lived during the and was active both in her ministry in the church and the Relief Society and in all kinds of related activities. She was active in that during what historians often call the progressive era. And she very much represented the best values of that era, both as they're reflected in just in the popular culture, in the, in the culture at large, I should say, and in the restored gospel of Jesus Christ. So she saw a lot of changes in Utah and in the church and in the United States. And I read that she was a secretary for the National Council of Women, and I didn't necessarily know what that was or what they did. Do you know much about that? I don't know a lot about it, but this is a an organization that's um, highly regarded. It represents women, of course, and she, along with other Latter-day Saint women, are active from very early on in the Uh, Utah period of church history, Uh, Latter-day Saint women are active in these kinds of organizations. They serve as officers. They're highly regarded by the other members of these organizations. They're articulate. They're intelligent. Their peers find that they're remarkably self-reliant and able, contrary to some of the caricatures that are uh, of that period of Mormon women. So she is involved in those kinds of groups. That's sort of the legacy of Relief Society women in many ways. And I also read about her, too, that she got an education and was had a background in social work. 
So with this talk about faith, the way that she introduces it is talking about how people everywhere deal with trials and and these problems and issues. And she really knew a lot about that, it sounds like. She sure did. Her life, of course, like anyone's, is full of ups and downs and problems. And besides that, she's a great observer of the human situation. Uh, And she sees a lot of suffering. She sees a lot of problems that could be prevented if people had access to the best medical care, things like that. So she is an advocate for and an educator of people and in um, all kinds of things that we would today think of as social work, but very broadly conceived in that regard. So this is interesting. She served in the Utah House of Representatives and legislation started providing funds for maternity and infant care because of her influence. And that's obviously something that's affected me that I would never have known that that's where that came from yeah. is is her influence and the things that, that she worked toward. Yeah, things we take for granted. She and others like her were really the pioneers. In many ways, they brought us into the modern world, the world we recognize, where access to modern medicine, programs for welfare or um, poverty relief, and resources for those things. Uh, A lot of that work is her work and uh, people who thought and felt as she did. And today, those things are well established, but they were not so much in her her lifetime. She really pioneered them. That's that's amazing to be able to get to talk about her in this way. So Sister Amy Brown Lyman gives this talk at a General Relief Society conference in 1926. And she begins the talk by saying, faith in our Heavenly Father and in His Son, Jesus Christ, is an asset to any individual. It helps him to be a brave and courageous individual. It helps to make him a positive and forceful character as opposed to a negative and vacillating one. It helps him to have confidence in himself and confidence in others, to believe in himself and to believe in others, to be generous to those in need and charitable to those less fortunate, to be cheerful, hopeful, and optimistic. What do you think about that quote? I just love that through faith that, you know, we can have all those things that it mentions. It's, I think it's hopeful. It's stuff to look forward to. And for me, I feel like, um, you know, when I'm going through a hard time or some things like that, it's my faith is what helps me get through those. And I thought it was an interesting way to talk about faith, you know, that it is hopeful. It's not just, you know, we talk about faith in Jesus Christ, but it also just helps us to be a better person and to believe in ourselves and believe in others too because of Jesus Christ. And I thought that was so neat that she shared that. And so in taking her talk and applying it to our time, I want us to think about the technology that we have and the ways that we spend our time, especially with that technology. And I think that what she says is very relevant to to our time. She says, such faith and such belief helps one to formulate a plan of life on the highest plane and to set up worthy and worthwhile standards of living, which conform to the standards of the gospel. It helps one to judge of values, to choose between those things which are really worthwhile, which are lasting and eternal, and those things which are temporary and passing. So what do we think? How does that relate to us today? I think that it makes us want to be our best self. You know, how it says... It helps one to judge values, to choose between those things which really are worthwhile, which are lasting and eternal, and those things which are temporary and passing. That just stood out to me because it's like it, it makes me think about the decisions and the choices that I make and how it will affect me long term, you know, eternally. You mentioned 
Steve, that you've been reading her biography. What is it called? What is her biography? It's called, uh, I've got it here, Dave Hall is the author, and the title of it is A Faded Legacy, Amy Brown Lyman and Mormon Women's Activism, 1872 to 1959. And was that biography written because we don't know much about her and just to kind of... Yeah, not only not much about her, but not much about her time either. Mm -hmm. In some ways, this is the period of church history that most of us know least about. That certainly includes myself. So she is a central figure in this whole era of church history. And in many ways, this is the passage of time where we go from the pioneer church that none of us would recognize today. It's quite so very different uh, to the church that Latter-day Saints today would recognize. So a whole, a real transformation of ways of thinking, uh, ways of practicing our faith, the whole idea of being active or inactive in the church Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, is uh, relatively new. And she is a major figure in the church, in the Relief Society in that period. She is close to the leaders of the church, the prophets. She counsels with them. She's a a major player in this really important era of church history that we are only beginning to learn more and more about, partly uh, through her. So in 1926, how old would that have made her when she delivered this talk? Oh, you're asking me to do math. <laughs> That's uh, My brain is already hurting at the question. But she's born in the 1870s, so she's somewhere in her late 40s probably, early 50s. Okay. Why do we think she chose to talk about faith, something that's you know the, one of the first principles of the gospel? I'm just wondering why she chose faith. When I read her talk, What struck me is that for her, faith is an umbrella. Faith covers everything. We just read a couple of passages where faith is the determinant for her of how we exercise our agency. Uh, The passage you read earlier, right, shows that faith is uh, um, the first principle of the gospel. There's another passage in the talk where she, she mentions that faith gives us understanding of the whole plan of salvation. So in some ways, if I'm understanding President Lyman, then faith touches everything else. Faith colors everything else. Faith determines everything else in the plan. This passage of her sermon captures it. Faith in the Father and the Son presupposes a belief in their teachings, which include a pre-existent state and life beyond the grave. And to a Latter-day Saint, it comprehends the gospel plan of life and salvation as revealed to us through the prophet Joseph Smith. That goes along with something else she said that I love. She refers to this life as a stepping stone to a higher life. And the better our life is here and the better we make it here, the greater the happiness we have in our life to come. And so she really uses faith as a continuing principle that, you know, we need to have faith here and it really can make our lives Better. Despite the world that we live in where so many people are, they doubt not only belief in, in Christ and, and religious beliefs, but there's so much doubt placed on others and in um, education and where we get our education. And I think she really summarizes this well. And she says, I have observed that those who have no faith and who tend to undermine and destroy faith in others never, so far as I know, leave anything constructive in its place. What do you think about that 
in relation to our world today? That, to me, that was the most striking line in the sermon. I thought about that for a long time after I read it, um, and it's continued to stay with me. I thought about, do my observations match hers? And they do. She's right about that So, insofar as I can tell. Faith destroying seems like an odd line of work, but there are many people who seem intent on it, and I can't see where they ever offer anything better than what they're trying to tear down. Building faith in people seems like God's work. Helping people have hope and faith and look forward to a bright future, that seems to me godly work, whereas tearing people's faith down seems uh, heartless. So on the flip side of that, that people who destroy faith don't leave anything constructive in its place, I feel like people who build faith for others and, and for themselves really do build constructive things in, in their place. We're literally building the kingdom of God, and we do that with our faith. To me, the most interesting part of the, of the talk is where she reveals herself. Just like a sacrament talk, if it's an abstraction, it's not near as interesting. I, I sometimes confess that I can't pay attention all the way through. But a talk that reveals the speaker... That's interesting. And in this one, we start out with President Lyman saying the lack of faith in the world today, together with some recent personal experiences, has led me of late to appreciate more than ever before the value of faith. Do we know what some of those recent personal experiences are? That's exactly the question I asked. And I do not know exactly what she has in mind. But she is telling us that her life has been interesting and full of its ups and downs, and also that she's an observer of others. So like you, I, I asked that question, and I want to know the answer to the question. I don't know it, but I want to know it. Well, and we can look at our lives, too, and answer that question for ourselves. You know that, all, like you said, life is full of, of ups and downs, and there's different times in our lives where we have a little bit more faith, I think, than yeah. others. And it's neat that she's saying that. She's She's saying, I'm learning this from my personal experiences, and it's important because of, you know, those personal experiences that she's going through. We live in a world that is obviously like hers. The lack of faith in the world today, she says, together with her personal experiences, has led her to appreciate more than she did before the value of faith. That's true for me, too. That's certainly true in my my time and place. Yeah, it's so neat to be able to take this talk that was given basically 100 years ago, and be able to just think, what if this talk was given in general conference today, and how would we, we react? And I think it would fit perfectly, and I think we would react the same way we're reacting as we read it. So she says, let us not be influenced by doubters and cynics and atheists, nor by the wave of doubt and despair which is filling the earth today, which again is interesting because it's fil still filling the earth today 100 years later. Let us cling to the belief that faith with good works is an asset, a comforter, a blessing. It is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. Let us cling to the belief that faith is our birthright, and let us sell it not for a mess of pottage. So how has this talk changed the way that we think about faith? I feel like through my personal experiences, um, sometimes when I am going through a hard time, I, I'll kind of push like, it's probably bad of me. Sometimes I'll push church things away and just be like, I can do this myself. I, I, I look for different sources, you know, people and other sources. And then it all comes back to 
faith that actually will help me get through those things because I feel like other people or the other sources are temporary, but actually getting through them, I have to lean back on my faith. So why do you think this specific talk from Amy Brown Lyman was included in At the Pulpit? Well, I don't know. The editors of it were careful, I know. They did so much research, and they had lots and lots of material, great material that they could have selected from. And that they chose this talk, I think, tells us that it it has something meaningful to teach us about them there then. Now, what was happening in Amy Brown Lyman's world? Why did the saints then need this talk? Why was she inspired of God to say these things then? And it also can help us understand what we need from it here now. And I think that's been highlighted in our discussion here today. So I'm not sure exactly what was going through the minds of the editors when they picked this one, but from my perspective, it was an inspired choice among the others to have these words there. I hope, among other things, it will spread very widely her inspired teachings, along with the inspired teachings of the other sisters that are featured in this book. I hope so, too. Thank you so much to our guests, Steve and Katie, for sharing your thoughts and insights and experiences. And we hope that you'll continue to listen and follow along as we discuss Latter-day Saint women and their influence and the discourses that are available on At the Pulpit, which you can find at churchhistorianspress.org and in your Gospel Library app. It's available in English, Spanish, and Portuguese. So thank you again. I'm your host, Shailen Back, and... Thank you for listening.